Hello there, welcome back to the podcast. This is John from pureandsimplebible.com, and this month we are considering kids and their impact and value in the Christian faith. Today we're going to focus on Jesus when he was a kid. There is a great narrative of Jesus at age 12 in Luke chapter 2. And so, the reflection verse for this podcast is Luke 2, verse 52. Let's listen to that verse together. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. Before we jump into a good conversation about the boy Jesus, I want to share a song with you. Jesus not only served people when he was an adult, but we'll also see that as a boy, he served his parents by submitting to and obeying them. Let's consider the servant song a hymn that is calling us to service just like Jesus served others. Lord, make me a servant. Lord, make me like you. For you are a servant. Make me one too. Lord, make me a servant. Do what you must do. To make me a servant, make me like you. What a beautiful and simple song. I'm excited to think about how Jesus was a servant even as a boy. Joining me again to talk about the boy Jesus is Ken. Hi, Ken. How's your week going? It's going pretty good. Thanks for asking. Great. Did you hear that song? What did you think about it? I loved it. It's a great song. I enjoy the simple pledge that I make when I sing the words, Lord, make me a servant. Lord, make me like you. I feel closer to Jesus and his mission when I sing it. Nice. Well, Ken, this week we're connecting the idea of Jesus as a servant to his service when he was only a boy. Okay, so we're talking about Luke 2, right? That's right. In Luke 2, Jesus, his family, and a large group from Nazareth travel 70 miles to Jerusalem for a special festival called the Passover. I want us to use our imaginations and pretend like we're going along in this caravan. Okay, yeah, I'm starting to imagine what it's like to walk 70 miles. Mm. I can see people leading sheep. Oh. I can hear the camels carrying people and supplies, oh, kids yeah. everywhere. Like, can you see it, John? Oh yeah, Ooh, watch out, the kid running around the cart. Great imagination. So, as this group travels together, it's a very special time for Jesus. You see, in Luke 2 verse 40, Luke calls Jesus Pideon, which means little child. But in Luke 2.43, he's called Pais, which means boy or lad. Jesus is now 12 years old. He's not just a little bitty kid anymore. And at this age, all Jewish males become bar mitzvahs. Bar meaning son and mitzvah meaning commandment. That's right, John. In this culture, when a young boy turns 12, it's like going through a rite of passage. It marks a time when they're preparing for manhood. At this point, you know, they're required to know the law and they're expected to keep it and to learn a trade. And this was possibly Jesus' first time to Jerusalem since being taken there as a baby for his presentation. Now, the journey from Nazareth to Jerusalem would take about three or four days. And Jerusalem would be jammed with almost two million people from all over that part of the world. It was a very special time. Yeah, that's true. And according to Mosaic Law in Exodus 12 and 13, Jesus would have gathered with his family to observe the Passover. Now, Jesus' dad, Joseph, likely would have told everyone the story of how God used Moses to lead the Israelites to freedom out of slavery in Egypt. So, Jesus not only would have observed the Passover, but he would also be seeing the sacrifices in the temple, 
and the worship of God by the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And when the feast ended, he was still intrigued by an important part of the Jewish spiritual system, the teachers of the law. That's right, John. So while Mary and Joseph loaded up and left the city with the caravan from Nazareth, Jesus stayed behind. You know, sometimes I wonder why they wouldn't have checked for him before leaving. You know, I mean, just make sure that everyone is there. Well, maybe we can't understand it because we don't travel in caravans. But no doubt, Mary and Joseph assumed he was there. These groups looked out for each other, you know, like a family. And they probably assumed Jesus was with a friend or a neighbor or a few camels behind. You know, it was an innocent oversight. Well, later that night, the Bible says that Joseph and Mary realized that Jesus wasn't with them. How do you think they felt? I can't even imagine, John. No doubt they were panicking. I mean, their 12-year-old was alone in a city with over a million people probably still there. They didn't have phones. They didn't have any sort of alert system. All they could do was run back to the house and check from house to house to house. You know, it, it makes me think about when I've been separated from my parents when I was a kid. I can remember when the huge Walmart supercenters had grand openings. I mean, those stores were huge. And, and when we would go, mom would say something like, uh, you can go to the toy aisle, but you have to wait for me there. And like a doofus, I would wander off. Suddenly, <laughs> I'm in a panic. And then when she found me, like she was in a super panic. That's, <laughs> that's a nice connection. Yeah, no doubt. Mary and Joseph were super stressed out. In fact, the Bible says that they looked for Jesus for three days. I know, and I'm sure those were three of the longest and most emotional days of their life. Well, thankfully for you and us and him, eventually they found him. And of all places, it was in the middle of the temple. The Bible says, after three days they found him, Jesus was sitting in the temple area with the religious teachers, listening and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his wise answers. When his parents saw him, they wondered how this was possible. And his mother said, son, why did you do this to us? Your father and I were very worried about you. We have been looking for you. Jesus said to them, why did you have to look for me? You should have known that I must be where my father's work is. And so we have the first recorded words of Jesus. Even at age 12, he was expressing some valuable instruction for all of us. How would you explain that, Kim? Well, Jesus reminded them here that he came down from heaven and that he had a higher father than an earthly parent. It seems to show that even in early life, it was proper that he should focus on his spiritual purpose. Exactly. That's a point worth repeating. Even though Jesus wouldn't begin his public ministry for 18 more years, it was proper for him to be engaged in the spiritual work for which he came down from heaven, even as a boy. Honestly, John, that's really encouraging to me to know that children can be engaged in spiritual work, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the takeaways from this story is that kids don't have to wait to be grown up to be spiritually minded. Kids can be spiritually active today. Let's brainstorm that for a moment. Kim, how do you think kids can be about their Heavenly Father's business? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, for starters, I think they can read and pray. I mean, there are excellent beginner Bibles that first-time readers can use. Yeah, and from there, they slowly graduate from children's Bibles that increase in reading level. Yeah, while mom and dad read with their children, kids can read on their own as well. Okay, you, you also mentioned prayer, Ken. What do you mean by that? Well, in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, it says, never stop praying. 
So kids can practice praying all the time. I'm thinking prayers at the table, prayers with friends and families before they play, all, all sorts of times. Also, you can tell your friends, your teacher, your coach, mm-hmm. and others that you're praying for them. By telling others that you care for them and want to pray for them, you shine the light of Jesus. That's true. That's true. The potential with prayer is just amazing. I mean, kids can definitely shine the light of Jesus through prayer. There are so many ways kids can be spiritually active, but for time, let's just consider one more. Children can be about their Heavenly Father's business by obeying mom and dad. Great point. In fact, that is how Jesus' story ends in Luke 2. Verse 51 says that Jesus submitted to his parents and returned to them. You know, if ever there was a time to argue, Ken, it would have been here. Jesus was in the temple asking questions to religious leaders, being spiritually active. It seems like he could have said, I don't want to go yet. Yeah, that might have been the case if he was like you or me when we were kids. But there was something special about Jesus. He knew that submitting to mom and dad was a part of his role, even as a 12-year-old. So he went home with them. Great ending. And that also means it's time to wrap up this discussion about the boy Jesus. Thanks for stopping by, Ken. Are you going to swing by next week? Lord willing, yeah. Thanks for chatting with me, John. Bye, Ken. Before we end... Do you remember that song we listened to in the intro? It was The Servant Song, and this version was recorded by Andrew Martin from Denton, Texas. I was able to get a hold of Andrew, who can help us appreciate this song. Hi, Andrew. As the singer in this song, how did you feel when you sang through it? To lead it in church is actually pretty cool because because of the fact that it's, it's kind of different, um, being a traditional song, but it's still so powerful. I mean, simple words, you know, just make me a servant. Make me like you, Lord. Um, and, and it's such a beautiful song, too. You know, like, each part comes in on its own, yeah. and it adds and it builds and builds. Um, and that's something that I found really cool, and that's why I decided to record it. Because um, I knew that it was a really well-known song, and it's a really, really powerful song. Yeah. And the, the way that the chords build up, it's just beautiful. I love it. Okay. What was this song about? The servant song, when you think about the words... Um, they're pretty basic. Um, Lord, make me a servant. Make me like you. Uh, for you're a servant, make me one too. The Lord came down as a servant. Um, he came down to be a man. And just like he did that, we are to do that. We are to be servants for God, um, servants for others um, in every way. In every way we live our lives, we are to serve others for the, for the glory of God. Thanks, Andrew. One more thing. What are some takeaways from the message behind this song? Um, I would say from, from after singing or, or just hearing the song, um, it kind of makes you feel, um, like, kind of like you need to be more of a servant. Um, I know that that's something that we don't really think about necessarily all the time, um, is going down to that level of serving others before ourselves, but it really hits you as, wow, I really need to, to always be mindful of being that servant heart and having having that mindset of serving others in everything we do. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, of course. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Let's listen again to the servant song together and spend time appreciating its value with our Bible dialogue concerning the boy Jesus. Lord, make me a servant. Lord, make me like you. Make me one too. Lord, make me 
Excellent song. You can find this song on Andrew's SoundCloud. You can search for Andrew J. Martin on that site or follow the link below in this podcast at pureandsimplebible.com. While you're there, check out all the other podcasts, videos, and study resources that are yours to use absolutely free. Do you remember the reflection verse? Luke 2, verse 52. It's about when Jesus was a boy, yet ready to grow up. The Bible says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. For those of you growing up, how can you grow in wisdom and favor with God and man? In fact, how can you be about your Heavenly Father's spiritual work? I see some great conversation opportunities here. And if you would like, send me a message. Ask mom or dad to help if needed. And send me a message at pureandsimplebible at gmail.com. All one word. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you next week. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.